This week on the Koshcast. Into Miami, enter Dayan Lovren. Bruno Fernandez does it again. What even is a Carabao? The Classico is something we still care about and a whole lot more besides. Enjoy. Under the Cost Trivia Night is at Opera Bob's in Toronto, Wednesday, March 11th. Sign up, get there, and you have a great time. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Cost Cast on underthecoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex, and I'm joined by the one and only Mohanad Kerr. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? How are you, Alex? I'm <laughs> well, and I am everyone. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. Everything is great. Can't complain. Um, good FA Cup today. We'll get to it. You know, oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, it's just the two of us, so let's enjoy it because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't happen very often. I mean, it's perfect for the for the week where they announced you know Premier League Hall of Fame. So we'll, we know who's getting in it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So less of the debate. More fun yeah. for us. Possibly yeah. less so for other people. That's fine. <laughs> um, I want to start though um, because there's been a bit of random random news and stuff today. Um, I want to start by saying. If I'd have told you five years ago, whenever we started this podcast, um, that Carlos Vela would score the opening goal against David Beckham's Inter Miami, (laughs) (laughs) would you believe me? Yeah, I know. eh? It's um, it's crazy. Like, just you're right. There's a couple of these things online where it's like, would you believe? And this is definitely one of them where it's like, hmm. You know what? The only bit I would believe is that it was a chip. Yes. I would have believed that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but would you have told me that Carlos Vela would have had like 34 goals and like 15 assists last season in MLS? I'd be like, no chance. <laughs> no, no, I, it's just bizarre. I, and and even weird, even weird just to see Inter Miami exist because they've been a thing for so long without actually yeah. existing. And now they're finally here. And I think, well, look, you know, a great MLS tradition of, of losing your first game, unless you're Atlanta. But it was, it was a thing, and then not a thing, and then a thing, and then not a thing. It kept becoming a thing and not a thing. Yeah. And luckily, I mean, luckily for them, Beckham is kind of the, obviously the face, which kind of kept it relevant as much as possible when it wasn't a thing. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, but he's done a good job to kind of keep it relevant, and that, obviously that, that's strong for them. But yeah, it's... Um, I mean, they, they, I don't think they care if they lost two or, or won this game. They just want it to be in the league. No, um, absolutely. And, and let, yeah. But let's remember that there is, you know, they will be looking to emulate Atlanta and win quickly mm-hmm. because there is a time limit on this club in that the sea levels are rising. <laughs> <laughs> There's really only so long that Inter Miami can exist. So right. they better get on it. You know? Right. No, I, I. That's right. They've only got a couple more seasons. But <laughs> actually, I actually thought that you were gonna make a serious point, saying, you know, right now the attention is high and the motivation is high and the fan base and all that. And you know, if you do horrendously for two, three seasons, you might lose, you know, pretty much the interest there. So that's also a reason why you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry for being sensible. No. <laughs> Outrageous behavior. <laughs> but you are right. Although I will say the only, the only. Um, anomaly to that or one of the anomalies to that was Toronto FC who were horrendous for you know seven eight years before they were any good they their first MLS game this season drew 2-2 with the San Jose Earthquakes so right but there's some there's something about Torontonians that they just love a a local sports team 
you know, look at the Leafs. Look at how horrendous the Leafs have been for decades. You know, you talk about the largest figures in NHL in terms of spend on jerseys and all that and, you know, ticket prices. It's just Toronto has that capacity of just accepting sports teams. So even if you go dormant for a few seasons, you're fine when you come back. <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. Um, and, and the Raptors, of course, were awful for a long time before they were in. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, other piece of random news uh, before we get into games. Uh, Daniel Sturridge um, has been banned from football <laughs> until June for, what did he do? He like told his brother to make a bet on him going to Sevilla and then it didn't end up happening, but his yeah. brother, something like that. Yeah. Um, and his contract with Trabonspor has been, has been uh, terminated. But he's, he's, he's not going to be too sad because it looks like he has a, an alternate career in rap or whatever. <laughs> God. I don't know. If, I don't know if people saw that video that he did recently in Turkey, where he was like part of a music video and he was doing his stupid little arm wave move, and you know, pretty much just selling himself. Yeah, um, he's just going to become a video ho. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. Well, like you know, Ronaldinho did it. If Ronaldinho, if it's good enough for Ronaldinho, it's good enough for Sturridge. <laughs> yes, that is very true. All right. Uh, well, keep an eye. On, keep an eye on that. See where he pops up next. Um, <laughs> well, well, his brother will know. Yeah. <laughs> good point just don't put any bets on it yeah. um and uh and last piece of random random news uh claudio bravo is considering an offer to join new york city um nycfc fc in the summer um and i can only say that their goalkeeper should probably be insulted because <laughs> if you're getting replaced by claudio bravo you're doing something very wrong i have um i have issue with this city and new york city thing like it's just another way for under the table shady dealings. Like, you know, it could be still all legit and the paperwork and stuff, but it's still like just an easy way to flog players off your wage lead. Putting it on another wage. You know what I mean? Oh, like, 100%. Because City, I'm sure that we, you know, we, th- we talked about um, FFP and all that issue, but, you know, once you have an aging player that has a contract that you want to get rid of, for example, I don't know if this is the case here, but it is easy to go, okay, you know what? Here I am offering you this great life in New York, yep. making the same money or whatever, but just on a different person's wage. Yeah, and it, and it's not as harsh as it's not as harsh as being like, right, you're not good enough for us. You have to move. Yeah, it's like, no, why don't you just gentle little retirement over here? You're good enough for them. Have fun. Like chances yeah. are, if you were at one point good enough for City, even if you didn't pan out that way, you're gonna be fine for New York. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. it's never going to be so bad. Like, Stones or Otamendi could play in New York and be the best. Like, you know what I mean? It's never going to be that bad that you can't even get into New York City's squad. That's true. Although you're still five foot five if you're Claudio Bravo and high balls yeah. into the box are still going to be an issue. Yeah, and then you yeah. have Vela shipping you. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's move on. Um, today, uh, you mentioned the FA Cup. Portsmouth nil, Arsenal 2. Um, were you able to, to catch this game? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. And it was... Um, I mean, obviously, Portsmouth are, you know, not Crap. in the Premier League. So, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, again, with Arsenal, you never know what you're gonna, what's going to happen away, you know, with the atmosphere and blah, blah, blah. You never know if they're going to crumble. But this was very um, professional, like, especially at 2-0. I swear, Arsenal had the ball for, like, seven to ten minute spells continuously. That's lovely. We haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, we just held the ball. We weren't going forward. We're like, you know what? You want to come get it? Come get it. You don't want to. Um, don't. By the way, that reminds me of the Bayern game in Bundesliga. We should touch up on that and maybe after we move on from the Premier League with the with the whole, you know, how they stopped playing the last 20 minutes. Anyways, um, 
so yeah, it was um, it was a really professional performance. And again, the young guys, Saka and uh, and and Martinelli and Inketia, all looked really good. Nice, yeah. And uh, Pablo Murray, how did he look? The new centre back who hadn't, I believe, played a game until yep. now. Very, very assured. And you know, the rumours in midweek was that. You know, he hadn't even played a single game and apparently Arsenal already contacted, what is it, Flamengo or whoever, um, or whoever is to um, say, we're going to make this a permanent deal. You know, that was the rumors at least. And, you know, all they did was see him in a couple of under-23 games and and practice, but apparently he impressed that much that they're like, we're going to do it regardless, right? Well, Uh, for seven million, you can't really go wrong. Right, right. But, you know, you think you have until the end of the season to make a decision. Rumors are they've already made it. Like, he impressed so much. He did look really good. He's so tall and big and physical, and, you know, he does look very good. I was going to say, maybe they just made the decision after they confirmed his height. They're like, yeah, he is 6'4", do the deal. He's, he's literally Giroud centre-back. Like, the hair was unscathed. <laughs> Any headers he, he took and all that. But his on-the-ball is what surprised me. He, that left foot, which complements, you know, when you play on the left side of a, of a two, yeah. really helps when you have a left-footed player. When You know, when you think back to Varmelin's heyday. Um, and he could ping it around. Like, you know, obviously nobody's as good as David Luiz, but he is now like just from watching this, our second best person to bring the ball out of defense. Like he is really good at that. I'm looking forward to Bernie listening to this and just hearing the sentence. Obviously nobody's as good as David Luiz. <laughs> I mean, even Bernie has to has to give David Luiz props when it comes to that small <laughs> category. Yes, with any luck. Um Okay, so yeah, I mean, Murray's not going to get the, the kind of time and space to, to hit those balls in the Premier League, but still an encouraging start. Arsenal uh, through to the next round and still in with a chance of winning a trophy because yeah. that is going to be, well, other than maintaining the unbeaten record, let's move on to that. It's going to be the say, highlight of the season. Yeah, I was going to um, say Arsenal had a better win this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, if anything, a more important one. Yeah. Watford 3, Liverpool nil. No one saw this coming, apart from you're going to argue yourself. Oh my God, Alex, you know me so well. <laughs> Months ago, I, I'm sure it might click your memory a little bit. I, obviously, this wasn't definitive, but I remember when we were talking about this and I'm like, teams are always under pressure once the knockout stages of the Champions League start and they have priorities and they have more, you know, three games in six days and whatever. Do you remember me saying that that is when Liverpool might wobble? No, but it sounds like something you'd say, so I'll give it to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. But honestly, I was thinking, you know what? This is when I would... Th- I wouldn't worry about until Liverpool are out of the Champions League. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. While they're in the Champions League, I was like, this is going to get difficult. And it doesn't help that they lost the Athletic. That doesn't help their confidence. And after that game, you know, I did predict that they would crush out the Athletic. I mean, that yep. hasn't happened yet. But, you know, you look at their game against Norwich, West Ham, Athletic, and now Watford. Um, they're all very wobbly games with two losses in there. So, you know, it's not the form that we expect in Liverpool. No, that's true. I mean, I, I, I would argue that at the start of the season, there was a run of seven or eight games in which that was similar, in which they just, they didn't play brilliantly, but they ground out results. And then after that, they started to really get into the flow. But you're right. I mean, they, they look as wobbly as they ever have um, on the last couple of seasons right now. Uh, and it's kind of a shocking scoreline as well. Like you think, yeah, they might lose a the game. They lost 1-0 to Atleti despite having like 90% of the ball. Um, but Watford, in the end, like it looks like a hammering, even though all three goals came within about 15, 20 minutes. That's, that's almost worse. You know, you can see three in 15 minutes against Watford. Like that's, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it obviously coincides with Lovren back in the lineup. <laughs> it actually did, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, it actually did. Like, they, Watford went out and they said, right, Troy, you big git, go and stand on Lovren and distract him. And, and that will force Van Dyke into covering for him. And then there's space. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And, and Lovren was also a fault, what, a year ago when they started an unbeaten run as well? <laughs> they lost that game. I can't remember who, but he was also on the field and it was his. So, you know, I'm not saying, you know, we did, we did say, and, and to be fair, you know, Van Dyke on the first goal, mm. I two lax. You know, I love that lax way that he plays and stuff, but sometimes it bothers me. I'm like, seriously, like, just make a tackle. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this one was one of those examples where it didn't go his way, where um, I think it was the Corey crossing it in to Sar or whoever put it in. And yeah. it was like, he has nowhere else to go. Put a foot out, you know? He completely let him cross that ball. <laughs> he, he really did. It was bizarre. Like, if, I watched it back a few times. I, I was looking for a reason that he didn't, and there, there just wasn't one. It was like he just couldn't be bothered. It was, it yeah, was exactly. very strange. He, he couldn't be bothered, or he's like, oh, that ball's going to go out. And maybe, maybe he's like too confident. In having Allison there, he's just like he'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's bored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, incredible result, um, both you know for Liverpool, but also for Watford because they so they were on twenty four points. Norwich won um, at the weekend, a big win for them, um, and they had you know their victory had put them within touching distance of the teams above them. Um, and Watford winning that game, which they you know they won't have been banking on getting any anything from that. So these are, in effect, like bonus points um, and really helps them with their with well, their fight against relegation. I mean, all the teams down at the bottom must have looked at that game and said, okay, well, Watford's not going to get points. So, you know, Bournemouth go and, you know, get a point against Chelsea and then Norwich get, you know, three points against Leicester and all that. And then it still didn't make a difference at the end of the week because yeah. of Watford's result. Um, but again, I, I want to touch on Saar here a little bit. He came with big promise um, when Watford signed him and. I think it was a bit of a surprise that he ended up at Watford because he had a bit more of a reputation than that. Yeah. I thought he would end up somewhere, maybe, you know, in the, in the mid-table, you know, Watford, I wouldn't say they're mid-table, but I'll talk more in, you know, the Everton's and kind of Wolves territory. Um, and he, he had a lot of, you know, quite a good reputation about him. And then it didn't kind of work out. He got injured for a while and all that. But, you know, when he plays, he, he seems class. He does. I mean, I, maybe just not paying attention, but I haven't really heard much about him lately there was he was in good form at the start of the season for sure um but i i think you know i think you're right i expected him to go somewhere better but i think maybe this will be a good move for him and it, it will definitely toughen him up um yeah. I, yeah. You know, in the same way as watford was an interesting choice for Richarlison. um you know a year or two there mm-hmm. and you'll be you'll be ready for the league I think yeah a year a year or two there and then a year or two and everything then 100 million to, <laughs> to barcelona uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a clear path. It's yeah. a succession path. But before we move on, Trent had a horrendous game. Yep. Um, he got dribbled past like 22 times. I don't know what was going on. De La Feo had him on strings until, you know, De La Feo got injured. And I think, um, you know, Trent just could not deal with him for, for like, I think it was the first 20 or 30 minutes of the game. And then it continued that way. And, you know, De La, La Feo is one of those where, you know, when he's on his game, mm-hmm. it's unreal. But he just doesn't have the consistency. Yeah, and then he did his uh, MCL. Oh, yeah? Was that bad? Or ACL, sorry. Yeah, he's out for the season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is odd. It, it strikes me as a fixture that you could rest Trent in, especially with Atleti coming up, 
and and play Joe Gomez or something. I don't know. It just they, I know he hasn't. Uh, he's navigated the resting and the, and the, and the consistency really well so far, Klopp. But maybe he needs to do a bit more of it because yeah. his players did look exhausted and oh. rightfully so. Everyone looks exhausted at the moment. But uh, you would think. I agree 100. percent And it's not just this game. Even previous games, when I saw them playing, you know, in in whatever it was, right? I think the game right before Atleti or the game. I think even right after, maybe it was West Ham. Whatever. Um, I just thought I'm expecting a bit more changes here. Mm. You know, you've got Lalanas and Oxes and you know things like that. And I just I was expecting more change. Yeah. And Minamino and the, you know the Japanese guy. Whatever. Oh yeah. Where's he going? Yeah, I just thought like you know I I was expecting to see. I mean, he did make a change by bringing Lovren in, and then you know. <laughs> <laughs> you saw how that went. Um, all right, let's have a look uh, across the Mersey. Uh, Everton won. Manchester United won. Bruno Fernandes with a goal. He he does look really tasty, to be fair. Yeah, no, and United look different with and without him. That's yeah. And they look different when he's on the ball and he's not on the ball. And you can already see that players want to give him the ball. Um, I think at this rate, you know, he might he might win their player of the season, you know, having joined two weeks ago. I think he genuinely might. Yeah, he might. I, th- I think he might. Um, and he just looks class. You know, it's obvious. You have good players, you get good results. You know, from them, I mean, individually at least. Um, and you're seeing he's a very good player. He's passionate too. He's not like a, he's not a soft midfielder. Even mm-hmm. though he's a creative player and he plays, you know, tip of the triangle, blah, blah, blah. He's so strong. He has that passion. He wants to win. And, you know, these things are easy in the beginning. We'll see how it kind of goes with time. But he seems to have a bit of more of a complete package than just your nifty, fancy kind of number 10, you know? Yeah, yeah fancy foreigner. Exactly. Yeah. Diver. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he does dive. <laughs> We've seen that already. Um, yeah. uh, he also, I, and I, I don't want to get into this, but he also has remarkable ears. If you haven't noticed it, check them out. They're huge, um, aren't they? <laughs> huge and like a bit floppy. Um, yeah. <laughs> should we talk about David De Gea's slow uh, decline? Because yeah. this is just getting worse. Yeah, no, it's... I, I mean, <laughs> I think I said to you guys the tweet. is like, you know, Spain have to choose between De Gea and us and uh, Azra Ben Laga or whatever. <laughs> so, <you laughs> Wait. Know, might as well stay home. Yeah, seriously. Is there really no one else, though? There must be in the league, but, you know, these are the two that are funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pepe Reina's in decent form. Uh, Villa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, De Gea, it was... Look... I don't think he was slow. Like, I watched the clip a few times, and I don't think he was slow in releasing the ball from his, from his kind of feet to kick it. I just thought once you released it to your side, kick it away from the side yeah. that the defender is pressuring you. And he would have been absolutely fine if he had sent it to the right, to his right-hand side. Calvin Lewin was not that close. But he decided to kick it across him. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, I totally agree. I have no issue with him waiting and drawing the man yeah. in. Like, that's yeah. kind of part of the part of the deal right but yeah, yeah just kick it the other way and yeah, he looks, he, his body language right afterwards was so resigned as if it was like ah it's happened <laughs> but it's like no that shouldn't be happening in a million years yeah yeah it wasn't a good look um and then you know Calvaroon ha- hasn't just could can't stop scoring since Ancelotti got here I'm not sure exactly what's happening and um, you know maybe he brought some of that horse placenta from from Italy <laughs> Sure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's just he can't stop scoring, and he's playing well. And you know, he is the same against Arsenal the week before, and he's looking. You know, again, England needs strikers for the Euros, and everybody right now is trying to stake their claim. 
Yeah, it's going to be annoying for Southgate because he's like, well, if you if, the, if this guy doesn't stop scoring, then I'm going to have to take him, and I re- don't really want to. Yeah, you've also got like Ings, and you know, potentially trying to convince Vardy to come out of retirement. Like, there's a lot of players that could potentially replace Kane. It's just you know, are any of them you know ready to lead a national team across a big tournament? I, I yeah. Well, Vardy's making life easier because he hasn't scored in ten games, and Leicester haven't won in like two months, despite remaining comfortably in third. That's bizarre. True. Absolutely bizarre. Um, anyway, back back to uh, Everton United. Uh, from one terrible piece of goalkeeping to another, Bruno Fernandes' shot was decent, dipped right be- right before him, but Pickford, bad. The Velociraptor arms now. <laughs> it's just like, it's not good enough. It's just no. like, you're a prof- at, at a professional level, your team is you know trying to get a win in the Premier League. That's not a goal you should concede. Absolutely not. And um, your, your English national team, you know, goalkeeper you're supposed to be one of the better keepers i've never liked pickford nope. I've, I've never gotten the hype i never i know crazy performances for england but again these are standard. every keeper has those you know moments i just never felt he was consistently good enough to be seen as you know a top keeper yeah but mohanad he can kick the ball really fast <sighs> yeah. so yeah right yeah. you know it's up for everything yeah <laughs> um any thoughts before we move on on the disallowed goal at the end? Because I can absolutely see this both ways. The, the, Alex, exactly what I was going to say. I was like, my thoughts is that I cannot make up my mind. Right. I, I can from a United biased point of view that I don't like them. But <laughs> I actually sit there and think, be serious, I can argue both ways. Yeah. I feel... The problem is you can't take every circumstance so individually. You know, there's got to be some overriding rule. The overriding rule is that you're interfering in play, right? So people are saying, well, he's there. He's technically in the wave between the and he moves his feet, right? But my, and I get that, fine. But my only argument is that when players pass the ball in an offside position and move out the way, we never call it either. Yeah, you let it go. You let it go. And then he ends up scoring again because the guy cuts it back to him. So like, how come that guy's allowed to continue, but Sigurdsson isn't allowed to move his feet out? Like, I can argue it so many ways. Yeah. I, I mean, also, and, and again, I, I guess you can't really make the decision based on this, but De Gea sees the shot in the first place because he goes to his right, which is where yes. the shot is going. Then yes. it deflects off Maguire, and he's not making it whether Sigurdsson is there or not. I, that, like, this, is, this, is, this is the caveat of, like, I don't want to do it per case, but yes, De Gea was gone. Like, but, but here's the thing. We have VAR now. We could do it per case. Like, they could look at that and say, look, Sigurdsson being there actually doesn't make any difference. Goal. Yeah, no. I, I, that, that's kind of my, you know, if I had to pick 51-49. Yeah. That's kind of where I lean of the whole, like, well, De Gea's out of the play. Like, he's not stopping that if Sigurdsson isn't there or there or anything. So I just feel, if I was an Everton fan, I would strongly argue that, you know, De Gea was done. He was done for, you know. Yeah, it's tough. But if I, you know, gun to my head, I, I would say goal. Imagine someone forcing you to decide about it. Yeah, it's impossible. I've been thinking about it all week. <laughs> the curse of being a football fan, man. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, also on that day, uh, Tottenham 2, Wolves 3, the Mourinho downward spiral continues. Um, Spurs are absolutely awful. Wolves are quite good. Yeah, and, and Wolves, you know, you thought with the Europa League games in there and everything, you think, you know, they're, they're not going to have the squad to deal with it. 
but Jota has stepped up in the last few weeks. He like, is phenomenal. I've oh, I've loved him since like beginning of last season, but you know he he dips and rises in form, right? Do you know how old he is? No. He's only twenty three. No. He's only twenty three. Like okay, he's allowed to dip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can dip in and out as much as he wants. Like this is someone that, uh, and, and this is not to be disrespectful to Wolves, but the Champions League clubs should be looking at. I, I've loved, I, I don't know, there's something about him, man. Like, since I saw him, I think, beginning of last season, and I come through, I've always thought there's something special about this guy. Like, if you, if you watch the way that he sets up Wolves' winning goal, mm-hmm. he flicks over someone's head, maybe Lacelso or, or, I forget, on the right-hand side, holds off and beats, like, two or three guys, and then plays an inch-perfect weighted pass into uh, Jimenez, whose finish is, is perfect. But, like, it was such a perfect piece of play. And, you know, when he picks up the ball, you're not thinking there's any threat here, really. Mm-hmm. And he just does it all on his own. Um, it, it was phenomenal. Um, you thought... <laughs> here we go. Yeah. You thought <laughs> that you might like Mourinho at Arsenal. A little bit. Some, like, some time I, ago. I entertained it. I entertained some time it. ago. But having seen having seen what he's producing, how do you feel about him now? I would like to apologize to everyone. About <laughs> Thank it's you. It's just, it's just you have to you have to understand the depth of my despair at the time when I, <laughs> like we were at the lowest of low. Like I was so done that I was like, surely anything is better than this. But honestly, man, like every time I and you know what, it's not even results. It's press conferences. Yeah. Like I'm just. You know, we've had Arsene Wenger who's so classy for so long that I don't think he realized it until he's gone, or I didn't at least. And, you know, I get it. He's, you know, I can make excuses for, for Tottenham's form. You know, no Kane and this and that, fine, whatever. You know, you, you can try and make a footballing case. But there is no case for the stuff that comes out of Mourinho's mouth. And I don't think I could deal with it if, if he was managing my team. Completely agreed. Like, he's, I mean... The, the caveat is always maybe he tells the dressing room, like, don't worry about any of the shit that I say in, in public. It's all agenda, right? Yeah. And then they ignore it. But it would be hard to ignore it. As, as a player, your manager is going out there every week and saying, we, this is the best we could possibly do because we don't have Kane. Or I wish the season was over. I just need a preseason with these guys. Or they're not fit enough to, to play attacking football for 90 minutes, so we have to sit in a low block. Like, it's all such depressing, defeatist stuff that even if he told you, ignore it all, it would get to you after a while. He would. And, and this whole, like, and Mourinho loves this us against them thing. But, like, it wears off. And yeah. it wears off quickly. And, yeah, you know, in Dele Alli, you've seen, like, and look how fast things turn with Mourinho. First few weeks, Dele Alli was a new, invigorated player who was on top of the league, right? Yep. Then, like, the last few weeks, Dele Alli's, like, stomping off the field. He's throwing his shoes around. Like, things change with Mourinho so fast. Yeah. And, and I think what we've seen with, with him is that each job he does, that change happens more quickly. Right. So, you know, when he went back to Chelsea, he had a couple of years, and then it all went to shit. And then he went to United, and it went to shit after a year. Um, mm-hmm. And now he's at Spurs, and frankly, you know, Weeks. look, you you give him the summer, you give him preseason, and by October he'll probably be gone. But this this you know his his honeymoon period lasted weeks. I'm I'm excited to see how him and Levy work out this summer. Yeah, yeah. Because Levy, you know, he penny pinches, 
and Mourinho wants to spend hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, generally. With the new stadium and all that. And, you know, you'd think they have an agreement, but I feel Mourinho throws that out the window the minute, like, they lose two games. <laughs> you'd think. You would yeah. think. I mean, I, I was surprised, frankly, that they spent money in January. But, you know, well, yeah, we'll see. And the, yeah. the problem is he's also following a quite a class act in Pochettino. Like, right. it, press conferences and talks and stuff like that. So it's also a contrast, right? Yeah, no, I've definitely seen that on, on Twitter over the last couple of days. The Spurs fans saying, like, we were shit towards the end with Pochettino, but I'd rather be shit with someone I like. Yeah, 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 100%. You know? It does make a yeah, difference. Mourinho, like, that's the thing with Mourinho. You only take him if he wins your trophy. Yeah. Like, that's the only scenario where you kind of tolerate Mourinho. You're like, you know what? He's winning us trophies. I'll take it. But the minute you come even second, you're like, well, this is not worth it. <laughs> No, I'd rather, you know, have some joy yeah. in my life than this shit. Yeah, it's weird, man. I, I, I did not expect the downfall to be this fast. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Or, although, like, unless something else happens uh, this season to improve their, their form, I don't know what the hell... I mean, this Amazon documentary is going to be far more interesting than the actual football. Oh, man, it's so worth it for that Amazon documentary. They're going to make so much money off it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, re they really are. Um, right. What else happened? Bournemouth 2, Chelsea 2. Chelsea is just so weird. They're so weird. They're just not... They, they had a, a purple patch at the beginning of the season. And I think it's just slowly, with, with Abraham's injury, with Pulisic just not being in form, I have no idea where he is. I don't know if he's injured or he's just out of form or what's going on. Mason Mount, purple patch at the beginning of the season as well. You know, it's just seems to be back to like kind of what you expect from the squad and this experienced manager. They just outperformed the beginning of the season, so now we judge them to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Marcus Alonso's got three and two, so if that's any indication of how things are going uh, yeah. at the moment at Chelsea. Three, three, um, and three, three goals and two and a red card, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no deaths, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no points on his driver's license. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. always a good week for him. That's yeah, always a good week. Um, <laughs> but this was a weird one, yeah. Like, Giroud's playing very well for them. Even though it's limited, he's playing well. Like, that flick on... That's such a Giroud flick. Classic. On the first goal. Um, that was very good of him. But, yeah, they were... Um, um, you know, they, they did well. Yeah, they did, they, well, they did fine. I mean, Bournemouth are awful, and you don't really want to be dropping points to them if you're chasing top four. But um, Bournemouth still in the relegation zone at Chelsea, 45 points, played 28. Um, hang on, I'm just going to bring up, so that was the table as it happened. I'm just going to bring up the current table. So United are on 42. They're only three points behind. So you've got Chelsea 45, United 42, Wolves 42, Spurs 40, Sheffield United 40. If you had to put your money on, uh, and I know this is haram, but this is just hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> hypothetical haram. Um, yeah. On fourth and fifth, what would you say at this point? With what do we have? 10, 12, 11 games to go? Yeah, the league is so... I just feel... I feel United might make it. Yeah, I actually, I actually agree. I think United, fourth or fifth, I think they, they've got some momentum. They've got the, the Fernandez uh, honeymoon period. Um, Martial's playing well. Rashford to come back at some point. Will he? Will he make it back this season? I think so, right? Well, um, I mean, with the record of Solskjaer pushing players, yeah, 
<laughs> True. Um, Greenwood is a good option off the bat. I just think they've they've hit some kind of stride. Um, although you know Bernie may disagree, um, and I think they're going to do it. Here's here's a question for you. You asked me about fourth and fifth. Do you think Leicester will keep third? There's. Uh, let me give you some context. There's ten. Yeah. You know, we've got 30 points to play for here. 30. And Leicester have currently 50. So, you know, we're talking about, like, more than half their current points. So, it's, you know, it's a significant amount to play for still. And they're wobbling. And Chelsea and United are only, like, five, seven points away. So, I just feel over the long next 10 games, I don't think Leicester are going to keep third. Leicester, yeah, I mean, it's totally plausible. Leicester have barely won a game for two months. However... Here is their next run of fixtures. Villa, Watford, Brighton, Everton, Palace. So this is a massive opportunity for them to solidify their position over the next four or five games. Okay. If they win, you know, I think honestly, if they win three of those, they're probably fine. Because the other teams just aren't consistent enough. Yeah, yeah, no, I I get you. I get you. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, it's really hard. It's just hard to see things changing enough that, that anyone catches them, even though they're only five points clear. Like, it, it's, yeah, such a weird season. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's very, it's very um, unpredictable everywhere in the top, top four, um, down there. Like, let's talk a little bit, if you'll mind, very quickly about the bottom then, since yeah. we, since, since we're here. Um, I think Norwich are potentially, I mean, again, very unpredictable, but if you only have to go with what you're seeing right now, Norwich are, you know, a little bit away from the, from the pack at the bottom there. And then I, I think Villa are not, don't have enough in them to get the required points. Um, and I honestly thought Brighton would go down definitely a few weeks ago, but they've, they've clawed their way out a little bit. Yeah. So it's weird. It's so tight that, that one result turns it. I'm, I'm just looking at the form table, and here, here's a stat, right? You have to go up to Burnley in ninth to find a team who has won more than two out of their last five games. Hmm. Arsenal in 10th, and every other team down has won at most two out of their last five games, and a bunch of them have won none or one. Like, it's bad, man. Mm, yeah, that, that's why it's so hard to predict. Like, it's just like anybody um, can sound stupid when you make a prediction now and then you come and hear it in 10, in 10 game weeks, you know? Yeah. One of the teams uh, that is probably going to get relegated if they continue this kind of form is Aston Villa, who had a, a bit of a rest, a bit of a break from, from battling relegation this weekend um, with the uh, Carabao Cup final against Manchester City. We all knew we all knew who would win, but in the end it was closer than we thought, maybe. It was yeah, well I mean when you see City score two goals in the first what was it, thirty minutes? Yeah. You're like, okay, this is gonna be uh, you know, a six nil Watford final kind of thing. Um and then, you know, I, I wasn't watching um I wasn't watching this game like fully, but I was following the score I'm like, okay, they're gonna score another three, four goals. And then by the end of the second half by the end of the first half it was two on Villa. You're like, okay, you know, something might happen here. 
you know, Stones might do something or Bravo or whatever. <laughs> well, Stones did something. I mean, I, I, you can't help but feel sorry for the guy. He gets his first start in God knows how long and he just falls over and has to fill a score a goal. Well, it was a brilliant header, by the way. He was. And <laughs> this is what happens, though. When you're unlucky, you're unlucky. Like, you <laughs> do that header a couple of times and he's, he's not for it because it had to be perfect. But I don't know what happened to him. He just, like, folded. You mean in general or in this on that moment? No, just that moment. <laughs> it, did, it it did look funny. Like he ended up all ends up just lying on his back in the middle. Yeah, of the yeah. Pitch. It's, it's like you know, don't throw stones if you have glass knees or whatever. Hey, yeah. But it was weird. Now I was like, okay, well that's just unlucky. Him and you know, I was listening to a football ramble today, and they and they likened him to Jones, where you know they can have good performances, but then they said how, you know, this feels like they glitch like in a video game, just this moment of a glitch happens. It's true. It's true. I, I do think at this point Stones needs to leave and just go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> NFCFC. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yes, maybe there. Him and Bravo teaming up to secure their defense. Um, but just go somewhere else and just like play 38 games and get some stuff out of your system and, you know, go somewhere where it doesn't matter as much. Maybe Moyes can take him back to uh, to West Ham. I could actually well, all, see that happening. All you have to do is a uh, is a Maguire, where you know you look amazing for a you know less of a team and get bought for eighty million, and someone will make the same mistake again. It's all good. Yeah, and then you get re- replaced by a shaggy-haired young Turkish bloke. <laughs> um, they didn't even feel it. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's true. Um, Phil Foden. Um, he's played all of the Carabao Cup games as far as I know. But it's such a curious case where like he barely gets any football, but every time he plays, he looks as though he could be playing in this team every week. He is a very good football player. He just is, you know, that clip doing the runs of him, barely, just barely thinking to bring down like a 60-yard thing ball from De Bruyne. Like, yep. he's not, you know, he wasn't even, he, he could have just been sitting on the couch next to me. Like, it's ridiculous how good he is technically. Um, and it was just, yeah, he's a good player. It's just Pep needs to, you know, play him a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I, I really hope that that when David Silva goes, Foden actually gets his spot rather than them buying someone to replace David Silva, which will be very tempting. If you have all the money in the world and, like, there's loads of great attacking midfielders out there, your inclination would be, well, we should replace him. But you've got Foden there. At some point, you have to let this kid play, you know? Well, like, what's the point of, like, what's the point, right? Like, you might as well at least give him one season. If he fails, then buy someone the next season. But, like, yeah. go out and buy someone right away. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, think- though, that, you know, if you're Pep and, let's say, you're staying another year or two and you don't win the Champions League this season and you're like, right, let me do everything I can to win this bloody competition, do you leave Foden in the team or... You go out and spend, you know. It's not, it's not in City's DNA or in Pep's DNA in in recent memory, at least, to leave it like that. Because I mean, you look at Fernandinho being replaced right away with Rodri. You look at Mares being added right away to the team. Like they add right away. Mm-hmm. So I don't see Foden getting his chance regularly. Um, the only way he gets his chance is somehow outperforms whoever they buy. Um, but he's not going to be given the, you know, the the free reign of being the first choice until he messes it up. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. So what you're saying is NYCFC? <laughs> yeah, just to balance the age, you know, a little bit with Bravo. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And stones. Um, right. Oh, wait, sorry. Sorry to mention, I don't know if you were going to say that, but they've won it three years in a row now. True. A hat trick of Carabao Cups. I, I would imagine Pep has so much Carabao soft drink in his house. They <laughs> yeah, probably that's... send them so many buckets of this shit. Yeah, too bad it doesn't stimulate hair growth. <laughs> Maybe it does, just not on the head. <laughs> you never know with these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I yeah. actually noticed uh, if you, if you go back and, and watch the trophy lifting moment, I'm fairly sure there's like a Carabao senior exec handing over the trophy, which is very odd. I've never heard of this drink. I've never seen it. Well, yeah, no, obviously it, it's it's sort of odd. I mean, maybe I'm I'm potentially going to the UK soon if coronavirus doesn't doesn't stop it. But I, I'll see if if uh carabao is advertised there because it's certainly not advertised here no but i heard i heard from like podcasts and, and news and stuff in england that they they all say the same thing they're like i've never seen this drink it's very strange like why would you spend so much money to sponsor a comp- competition in the uk and then not do anything else to advertise the product maybe it's money laundering could be like, certainly can't rule that out Spend this money somewhere i'm gonna like sponsor a cup in football yeah, uh, I'm tempted now to go on a, a Carabao wiki. Uh, oh yeah, delve, uh, but way way ahead. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Let me know what you find. Well, um, the, problem with, the problem with Carabao is two things come up before the drink: the what? competition and the animal. <laughs> so it's That's just a like caribou. Yeah, but how do you write Carabao? C A R I B A O. Oh, I car. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Caribou is written C-A-R-A-B-O-A, the same thing. Wait. Hang on. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, no. Carabao are both spelled the same way. It's Carabao and there's a Carabao in the front. Oh, for God's sake. It contains taurine and caffeine. What's taurine? With sugar and sweeteners. It also contains B vitamins, which replenish energy and relieve fatigue. How are you spelling that one, that taurine one? T-A-U-R-I-N-E. No, this is quality radio, by the way. Um, Hey, hey, we're, people are learning. It's a Thai energy drink launched in 2002. All Max Nutrition Taurine improves mental focus, potent energy source, improves body composition, allegedly. So, like, it's got this, 20% of market share in, in Thailand. This looks dodgy as, as hell. I'm so not going to lie. Basically, the Carabao Cup is, like, the, like, really kind of shown on TV in Thailand, surely. Because this is just for Thailand. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But they've already got well, how much market share you said? Twenty one. <laughs> so like, yeah. I don't know, man. Save your money. Very, very, very strange. Also, the 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 animal itself, not the most energetic. No, not the most like photogenic either. <laughs> That's true. You I'm Google what you care about. It's very ugly. I'm looking at a photo. It's like male male. <laughs> It's hungry. It looks hungry, as Bernie would say. I know, the, I know the one you mean. I'm looking at the same. Yeah, it's, just, it's that first one from Wikipedia. <laughs> I like the other one is like a bit stuck in the snow and dying. Like, come on, man. Not it. <laughs> Why wouldn't you pick like a cheetah or something? Uh, yeah, pick something that has energy. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like having an energy drink and the sloth is the front of you. You know, it's like, come on, man. You know what the best thing about this is? Country of origin. For the Carabao, Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, like it really, yeah. it's not even yeah. Thai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. 
Um, speaking of dodgily financed competitions, La Liga <laughs> and El Clasico. Um, Barcelona are trash. You've been saying so for ages. Um, mm-hmm. And they got murked by Real Madrid here. They did, especially after Madrid came away uh, being murked by City. Mm-hmm. But I honestly just I follow Barcelona quite closely, just mainly because of Messi and on Twitter. I got a lot of Barcelona followers, and I've been following all their, you know, just their trends and how they've been. And they've just been bad, man. Like, they've been, you know, everything with the, with buying, uh, you know, what's his name, and somehow trying to supplement him instead of Suarez, and then and Dembele, and it's just Griezmann's not on form. Rakitic and Busquets is not it. It's not the same. And PK and, it, uh, you know, what's his name playing on one knee on TT? It's just not the same. Like, outside of maybe Frankie, Messi, and the goalkeeper, I his name now. Um, Ter Stegen. Yeah, Ter Stegen. There's nothing really happening in that team. I, I have a question for someone, from someone and for people who don't follow Barcelona as closely. Sergio Busquets you know, the narrative around him for the last couple of years is like, he's done. Yeah. But he's what, 31, maybe 32. Um, and he was not someone who ever used athleticism or pace. He basically sat there, you know, made some interceptions and passed the ball really yeah. well. What is it about that that he can no longer do? Or is it just the players around him aren't as good? So it's, it's not enough anymore. When Barcelona used to have 98% possession, it used to work. Mm. Now they don't have that kind of possession. They don't have the ball. They 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 are run at in transition so much. Frankie is slow. Busquets is slow. Rakitic is hella slow. <laughs> Just get run at in transition. Um, you know, you used to have the days of Alves and kind of Alba in his prime. They would run up and down the Robertson and Trent of, of Barcelona. And they would cover, right, for the midfielders. They would cover back and forth, back and forth. Now Busquets just has to do way too much work and he doesn't have enough of the ball. He needs the ball. He has right. to play in a team that keeps possession because that's his strength. His strength is not running, you know, backwards, right? Um, and that's kind of what's making him, you know, he's, it's not like he used to be fast. You're right. No. He lost pace because he never had any. But he just doesn't have those incisive triangle passes anymore with Javin and Yesta where he just gets to keep the ball all game. Right. No, fair enough. That's a that's a very good explanation. Well, I I do think Danny Alves will be delighted to be called the the Trent Alexander Arnold of Barcelona. The minute I said that, I was like, I hope you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. It's yeah. all good. Um, he, he's he's the he's the mold that everybody you know wants to be in when it comes to right back. I think he's absolutely. The, so absolutely. Um, at his prime, the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of comparisons, um, that are maybe slightly unfair, Vinicius has not convinced people this season. Real Madrid fans have been, for a 19-year-old, I mean, as Real Madrid fans, I want to do very impatient with him. Um, but he has been a bit Walcottian in his oh, inconsistency. Um, and even his goal was a bit dodgy, just in, in that, you know, probably that's a test taken save if PK's foot doesn't flick it in. Alex, this is why this works. <laughs> <laughs> I was I I watched Vinicius, and obviously the age has something to do with inconsistency. But you had young players like you think back, you know, you think of Odegaard right now, same kind of around the same age. You think about what's his name when he first came in at Madrid, the left-footed player. I have no idea where the hell he went. Which uh, one? Left-footed, very good. Asensio. 
Asensio. He's been injured for a As- year yeah. or so. Yeah. Asensio knows exactly what he's doing with the ball when he has the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Odegaard thing. Um, you, you know, you've got a few of those young players that came through, even even just Madrid specifically. But yeah, Vinicius, he has that walker about him. Like he himself doesn't know what's happening. You know what I mean? Like he's not sure where the stuff's just taking him. He's very good at improvising the next thing, but he's not he's not in full control of the whole play. And I think that's what kind of frustrates Madrid fans a little bit because when it doesn't work, it looks horrendous. Mm. When it works, I think it's so confusing and chaotic that it just happens for him sometimes. And he's, you know, he's energetic. He's, he's young. He wants to prove himself. And that all shines through and it helps him a lot. But yes, can he be more consistent and more deliberate? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether, whether Zidane can, can get that out of him. Um, I, I, but Barcelona must feel more annoyed than they than they might normally by losing to two goals that were very very similar in that their runs in from one from the left and one from the right the second was mariano diaz who also barely plays any football um <laughs> absolutely skinned him titi like it just titi was gone you can see now why other like european clubs aren't buying him because he's dead um yeah and and diaz kind of did the same thing like he wasn't really in control of the ball his touch didn't take him where he wanted and then he ended up scuffing a weird shot into the near post. A lot of it seems like a lot of young players nowadays make it into teams just for their sheer pace, yeah, sheer energy, and then something eventually like you know when you you know when you knock on the door long enough, so eventually it's going to come down. And <laughs> right. it might not be as consistent or as clinical as as the older players, but just that searing pace. Um, you know, you look at someone like and obviously, you know, close to home, but like Martinelli at Arsenal, why he's coming through, obviously he's producing, but again, it's that uncertainty, it's that pace, it's that energy. And sometimes that's better than having, you know, I, I don't know, like an older winger that is much better, let's say a bail that is much better maybe technically and knows exactly what he's doing, but he just doesn't have the legs anymore, right? Yeah. Um, and it's becoming more of a legs game, unfortunately. Um, and, and young players are succeeding there. And yeah, he, they did great. But, you know, speaking of older heads, Cruz dominated this game. Killed it. Absolutely bossed the midfield. Like he was, you know, he had his hand up in the air telling Vinicius <laughs> before giving him the ball. Like, it was very, game. that was very like wrecked Sunday league. Like that <laughs> happens all the time. Just like make the run. They're not going to stop you. Yeah, exactly. And he just dominated this game. And it was a surprise that he didn't start against City. I thought he well, was a huge difference. I wonder if there was some kind of fitness thing where they didn't think he was going to do two games in a week. It, it had to was, be because this is the most important good. because like this means, well, this puts them, you know, on top of La Liga. Do um, they? I thought they were one point behind. Are they one point above? They're one point ahead now. Yeah. Oh, well, that's exciting because La Liga's, you know, which is weird to say they've had enough Champions Leagues. La Liga is the one they want. Well, that's my point. Yeah. Like that for Zidane to come back in and wrestle the, the title away from Barcelona would be arguably bigger than him coming in and winning the Champions League again. True, true, because... I, and Zidane is a weird one, man. Like, he's weird. He just somehow gets stuff done. You yeah. Know, people, you know, you hear about people who follow Spanish football closely, and they tell you he's not a tactician. He doesn't focus on tactics. He doesn't tell you anything about the opposition. He's almost Arsene Wenger-esque and just, here's my strengths. Go out and, you know, just play to your strengths. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Who was the... There was an interview, I think, with Cruz in The Athletic recently um, mm. in which he also said that Zidane's, one of Zidane's key points is that he keeps everyone happy and right. he keeps the players who aren't playing as much involved mm-hmm. and feeling like they're part of it, which is a massive part of, of 
being a manager of a, an elite team with a big squad because if you don't and those guys turn against you 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 know that's it you're done agreed agreed and, and another one you know Lester Cruz is Casemiro I think mm-hmm. he's, since he broke through what a year or two ago he's been somewhat of a phenomenon like where he came out of out of nowhere no one knew who this guy is you know came out of Brazil you know you don't think of Brazilian you know CDMs or whatever defensive midfielders not since Gilberto yeah, I mean, maybe Fernandinho a little bit, but he's, he doesn't feel... Okay, yeah, yeah, he's quite significant. He just doesn't feel Brazilian, you know, but Casemiro does. Yeah. Casemiro feels like a Brazilian flair player playing in defensive midfield. It's true. Well, he spent a couple of years in, in Portugal, I think. But, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so I just feel like he's also been a revelation for them. And the next guy coming through, even though Casemiro is still, you know, not old, is Valverde. Valverde is killing it for Madrid, too. Yep. And out of nowhere, just... Yeah, yeah. They, they, they've got some phenomenal young players. They, they, for the last couple of years, it's been about bridging that gap between the first team and the you know, 18-year-olds. And, and slowly, they're, they're starting to do it with Zidane back in charge. So, Real Madrid top of La Liga. We'll see if they can stay in the Champions League. Um, upcoming fixtures, what have we got? You said we've got FA Cup in midweek. I, sorry, Alex. I just have to say, because I do... Oh, yeah. I, I do, no, I do advertise you know, Messi a lot. But he did not have a good game. He didn't play very well. He had two one-on-one-ish chances, I would call, that are like goals for Messi that he missed. Uh, I think that doesn't help Barcelona either because, unfortunately, Barcelona are in a state where there's Stegen and Messi both meet that man-of-the-match performances mm. where they win games. And if one of them doesn't, it doesn't happen for them. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, so I just wanted to say, he did, he did not have a good classical. Um, I'm, ju- I'm just writing down the date and time. <laughs> <laughs> We can come back to this moment. Is he even uh, human? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I know that was that will have been hard for you. Uh, yeah. Easier with with Roche and Bernie not here, but uh, 100%. Um, okay. Uh, what have we got midweek? We've got Liverpool Chelsea in the FA Cup. Ooh, it's a big one. Yeah, Does Liverpool I, care. That's the question. Well, isn't this the one where he like plays all the youth players? Generally, yes. Hmm. But that was only because he didn't like the whole like winter break thing, right? Yeah, I think so. But then they might play that Curtis Jones bloke, the, you know, the one with, that can barely speak, but did an oddly good job of acting in that Liverpool media thing. That clip was fantastic. Wasn't it? it if, you, if you listener don't know what we're talking about, there, there was a video advertising. It was an advert for one of Liverpool's new sponsors. But the actors were like five or six of the actual players, and they did a really good job. Everything was everything was good except Matip's voice. What a weird voice! I did not expect that. No. And like, I was like, you gave him a lot of lines. He's <laughs> like, this is about coconut water. I'm Joel Matip. <laughs> it's very, very strange. It is. Very, where is he from? Is he, is he Dutch? Uh, he is Cameroonian. No. Okay. Okay. But there's there's influences there. Hang on. Let's have a look. Let's see. Uh, he lived in Germany for a while. Okay, so that Schalke. might be it. That might yeah. be it. But there, there's like a Dutch German, like. Oh, no. sorry. So yeah, he was actually born in Germany, but he plays okay. for Cameroon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Correct. But yeah, you can definitely tell a German slash or some Dutch, like some something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, may, maybe that's why he got dropped. Because <laughs> his voice is too weird. Klopp's like, I can't be having that. You know what? You know what's weird? Like when you put Joel Matip into Google. Wikipedia on the right there tell you who his parents are and you can click on them. And for some reason, there's pictures of his parents what? Like, on Google. 
Are like, they yeah. famous? Look, it's through Facebook, like his wife and his dad. No, they're not. They're just very regular people, but like, it's very weird. Anyway. Jean Matip, Eva Maria Matip. Matip of my hat to you. <laughs> if they don't call, if they call us kid just. <laughs> this is really weird. Why is it? Yeah. Why is this here? Just Matip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got, there's also a Marvin Matip. Who's that? Oh, he's his brother. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, man, there's so many opportunities for names of kids. So, uh, I think we clearly need to do another podcast in which we just Google things and then oh, talk about it. Those are the best. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to hear us do more of that, then let us, let us know. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll keep talking about football. Um, but I think that will do for today, unless there's anything else you want to... Well, who's going to win, Liverpool or Chelsea? Uh... Can Liverpool really lose three games in a row? Oh, well, four. Well, I mean, four if you remove the Premier League game and go straight to Atleti. No, no, no. It would be three with Atleti, right? No, Atleti. No, no. I mean, the future Atleti one. Oh, because you're, you're assuming they're going to lose that. Um, yep. I really have no idea. I don't know what Chelsea are about. Really? I don't know what team Klopp's going to play. You can't ask me to be like, what do you want, man? The thing, <laughs> the thing is, with Liverpool being this good, you know, generational team, like how people like to say generational player, it's a new world class now, generational. Uh-huh. Um, they need to add a cup to this, to this season. I don't care what cup. I don't even care if it's FA Cup. But you need to do a double. Like, you're very good. And yeah, ideally. I get it. You've waited for, like, you know, whatever it is, years to win the, the, the league. Fine. But now that you're, you know, 30 points or whatever ahead with 10 games to go, get a, you know, add a cup to that. I think it would just really solidify you in the history books just, just a little bit more. Yeah, Liverpool. Come back and talk to us when you've added a cup. Unreal, man. Yeah. And get Henderson out of the joint Invincibles team. What is that nonsense? <laughs> 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 and, and on that note, we will, we will leave it. Mohamed, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. All right, speak soon. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekosh blog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.